Craft Beer Radio, episode 103, February 5th, 2008. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, a magical blend of barley, hops, and delicious alcohol. I'm Greg Weiss. And I'm Jeff Fair. This week, uh, we're doing a whole bunch of Hoosier State beers. Yeah, so um, let's get right to the uh, get-go here. Let's do the Upland Pale Ale first. All right. Upland Pale Ale is an American pale ale brewed by Upland Brewing Company. Oh! It's a gusher, too. It's a in gusher. Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, has 5.1% alcohol and uh, a pale ale with only 19 IBUs. We should say that our, our little tagline intro this week was from the uh, Super Bowl commercial. Right. With uh, Will Ferrell in it. So, the, the interesting, uh, 19 IBUs for a pale ale. You know, you generally think around 2030. Yeah, yeah. So, English pale ale, if you... Perhaps. So, uh, of course, with a lot of head. A great deal of head and a very yellowish body, but the head is extremely big. We're, we're drinking in our Sam, Sam Adams glasses or... Nice big, rounded. And how would you? De- what would you describe the shape of the Sam Adams glass? Well, we talked about it before. The bottom part is like the bottom of a Hefeweizen glass, and the top part is like the shape of uh, a Guinness glass. And then there's a flare at the very top right. that points back out again. So it's kind of like a a crazy hourglass shape. Yeah, sort of. Uh, we've talked before about how. These were engineered to taste, make beer taste better, and we think there is something to it. So we we just enjoy drinking from these glasses. Three and a half fingers worth of head here to get through. So we can still get some aroma there, and there's there's a hoppiness that's coming through, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of graininess, not much beyond that. Okay. Oops, I had this beer too long. It's a bit soured. Yeah. This beer was sent to us uh, by Brett a while ago. It was bottled December of 06. We haven't had it that long because the other one was... We've had it probably close to a year. So sorry it got lost in the cellar for that long. Uh, Yeah, it's unfortunate because we can't... I mean, you know, Jeff and I like sour beer, so it's not like we're disliking it. It's just it's probably not what what the taste is supposed to be like. Yeah, it's not... Like a delicious sour drinker, either. It's just a kind of flat tasting sour. Yeah, that's a bummer. Well, they can't all be gems. Yeah, we got some email here. I got for the last couple of weeks that I've compiled. Um, Ed Hula wrote in with a bit of a rant. Uh, one of their his state representatives in Georgia, that believe this is Mary Margaret Oliver, has pre-filled legislation on the upcoming session that would ban the sale of alcohol between the hours of two thirty and nine a.m. Where alcohol was currently sold. And he says, what an idiotic, stupid attempt to t- for the government to tell us how to live. I agree. Um, now, I, the main reason I put this in here is because I'm curious how many states can sell alcohol 24 hours a day. Because here in Pennsylvania, you know, bars can only sell alcohol until 2 in the morning. Right. And I don't know what time in the morning they're allowed to start back up again. I think it's before 9, though, but I'm not sure. But I just thought that it you know, was pretty much standard everywhere and and never really saw too much of you know crimping my style of you know 
wanting to get beer when I want to get beer, you know? I'm just curious, you know, how many states sell beer 24 hours? And I mean, there are plenty of states, like in New York, you can just go to a to a gas station and buy beer. Um, oh, yeah. I guess you're right. A convenience store uh, or, or a supermarket or whatever and just get beer there. But I thought, I thought like, even in New York, bars had to close at, like, 3 in the they morning. They had to close, I think, at 4. Bars had to close, but you're still allowed to sell alcohol okay. past that time. Well, why should bars have to close? <laughs> Silly, ridiculous legislation. So that makes me wonder... Is there a law in Pennsylvania where beers have to, where you can't buy beer past two, or is it just that bars have to close at two? And if you found a twenty-four hour beer distributor, if they were allowed to sell, uh, I know there is a there is one Seven Eleven in Oakland. I think that's actually grandfathered in, and so they can. Oh, really? So they can actually sell six packs there, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know if they can sell after a certain hour. I didn't know about the place. I know there's the sheets in El Tuna. That got a liquor license and was trying to try and you know just to do it and see what happened you know try to push the law right. to get beer sales into convenience stores. Um, I know that the uh, the liquor control board didn't look upon them too favorably, <laughs> but I'm not sure. I think they're. I don't think they've actually were shut. I'm gonna have to look into it. I can't remember what the outcome was, but I know they weren't shut down immediately. Which is interesting because I would have assumed, you know, right away, boom, no more license, no more beer. I'm pretty sure that 7-Eleven is – I mean I've been there before. Uh, It's not – it's kind of in friendship. It's not the best part of town. So it's not a place you necessarily want to be at 3 or 4 in the morning. Mm -hmm. But um, they they also don't have a very good selection and, you know, it's all macros anyway. And you can buy six packs there, but I believe that after a certain time they close and you're not allowed to. Right. Who knows? All these stupid beer laws are ridiculous. This next one I put on here, but we may have talked about this in the Beer Geek Roundtable. Um, I wasn't sure, but then we got another comment where someone mentioned it on our message boards. Uh, Boulevard John uh, wanted to know what we thought about the um, new grading system on Beer Advocate, the A through F, mm-hmm. versus you know just the the percentages, the the, the up to a hundred scoring they had. Right. And then they had those little captions where it was like, worth a try, good call, don't miss, you know. But now they just have A through F, and I was wondering what our opinions were on that. It's, I think we talked about this on, on the Beery Roundtable, but we understand that maybe not everybody listened to it. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember exactly what I said on the Beery Roundtable, but, you know, I'm, I'm kind of for it. I think that it's, it's a decent way to look at something and have a relatively decent idea of what the beer is going to be like. I never use those as my catch-all, but I have been known to say go to a beer distributor and see something that I've never seen before and look it up Mm -hmm. and say, okay, you know, is this getting better than a B or something or is this getting like a C or a D that I don't want to try? Right. I think that's the general way that you want to look at it is, you know, don't really go for anything below a B minus because that's probably, if, if the general consensus is it's not that good, then it's probably not that good. And, you know, B plus and above, probably pretty good. Probably you're going to enjoy it. Right. Now, that makes me wonder, because I believe in the past where we said, you know, we would, beers under 85, we wouldn't really consider. I think we might have said something like that. But you would think that a B minus a C would be at um, 79. Right. Right. 
So I wonder if it stretches our yeah, scale I've, out a little I've, bit. I've I've changed my mind about that because I've seen some beers that were in the the high seventies that I thought were mm-hmm. excellent that Beer Advocate has rated very okay. poorly. You know, I, I don't think I've had a beer that that I thought was poor that Beer Advocate hadn't rated poorly. To be honest, I don't pay much attention to the ratings on there. I mean, every once in a while, yeah, but generally I'm more of a I'll try it and find out myself type guy. Right. You know, I generally don't let that make my buying decisions. It's harder in Pennsylvania because of the case law because you have to buy 24 at a time. And so, if you want to try something new, you kind of have to mm-hmm. go for it. And you don't want to well, be you can go to a bottle shop too. You some, can. some people here you talk about the case law and they think that's the only way you can buy beer. So I just want to clarify. Right. You I mean, can get singles different places, but it's certainly more expensive to do it that way. I usually have to answer that question every time you say you you, you mention the case law, case law like you just did. <laughs> I actually don't have a bottle shop anywhere near me. Right, you so, do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the closest bottle shop to me is probably D's, and that's fifteen twenty minutes away. Right. So, whereas the beer distributor, very good beer distributor, has a great selection of beer, is two and a half minutes away. So, right. I understand. Well, quit you complaining. Drive or just buy the cases. No, I understand. I just wanted to clarify because I knew that email's coming because it happens every time. All right. One good point that was made on our message board is that the um, the grading scale, A through F, I guess is a pretty American thing, or at least not global. Uh, listener from uh, Sweden? Netherlands? Sweden? I can't remember. Sorry, listener. Uh, but uh, you know, he mentioned that you know it's it's a it's a U.S. thing, and you know, and he prefers rate beer because they still use one to a hundred. Yeah, I think rate beer goes to fifty, but yeah, right. It, it's it's decent. I mean, you can look at it either way. I think I always thought that rate beer's ratings were probably a little bit more valid okay. for some reason. I felt that beer advocate kind of takes a little bit of the super hoppy mentality too far, uh, whereas rate beer doesn't. That said, I do find Beer Advocate has better comments on it. Like when you look at the, mm-hmm. the comments from people about the beer, you see much more varied comments and really in-depth comments about the actual beer. You know how it tastes, how it smells, all that stuff. Whereas rate beer is less of that. Right. Okay, so let's move on to the next beer. All right, this should be a good one. And we know this one's not old, and we just got this from a listener who uh, said no attribution necessary. I didn't write down your name, so. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'll get the note in. I do. We do appreciate it. But this is the Brewdoo from Three Floyds, the Harvestdale. American IPA, 5.5% alcohol by volume. This is an interesting little note you put on here. Oh, I couldn't find any information about the beer, so I uh, just Googled Brewdoo and then put a little thing here for kind of fun. All right. Uh, <laughs> a Brewdoo shield is a special seal. It can be created by a member with 35 crafting. By using a hammer on a tribal mask while holding two snake skins and eight nails, granting 100 crafting experience. A Brutus shield requires 25 defense and 25 magic to wear. Um, what is that, Dungeons and Dragons? Uh, RuneScape, actually. RuneScape, okay. <laughs> the only information I can find <laughs> That's about the only Brutus. thing you can find about Brutus. Well, on the it label, has a little um, troll with a yeah. hop head instead of, uh, you know. Troll hair it has hops hair. By troll, we mean the actual little troll guys you can get at like KB Toys mm-hmm. or something like that. Those little and there's a princess things. and a unicorn in the background and a rainbow. How, how... Now we're like the like one of the last podcasts to drink this beer. I know that they did on the Good Beer Show. Uh, should I drink that? Reviewed this beer, so we're late in the train. And should we drink that? What was uh, their opinion? 
I don't know. You don't know. Well. Ooh, it smells good. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, that's some grapefruit right there. Yeah, and some and some uh, some man candy. Perhaps I don't. I'm not going to say it until I taste it. But you can see from the look of it that it's got. Uh, I'm getting a bit of um, pineapple too. Oh yes, like absolutely. Like, the, like the Bell's Hop Slam. Definitely, and it's got a, a tan, much more tan than than the pale ale we we tried at first. Nice thick, fluffy head. Okay, I won't. I won't give this one man candy. Not quite there. A lot of pineapple. Lots of pineapple. Um, wow, a lot of pineapple. A good a good amount of bitterness in the back. Um, a little aqueous actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's not a super full body one. Yeah, but uh, harvest ale. So presumably they used wet hops on this. Uh, like I said, I couldn't find any information on it. The I'm trying to remember what Bell's uses in their hop slam. I want to say the Simcoe, but you know, uh, doesn't really say on here what it yeah, is. I don't think it says either. Um, so Simcoe to us typically tastes more apricotty, but if I remember right, I was talking with Hart from the Sharp Edge, and he told me that they. I'm pretty sure he said Simcoe in this in the Bell's Hop Slam, and that thing was pure pineapple juice and flavor. Mm. This is very pineapple. Okay. This is this is like you know you, you take a, a regular IPA and you put a shot of pineapple juice inside of it. Mm-hmm. It, it. It is a little. Bit, the flavor is different from pineapple. I'm going to see if I can figure out how we could describe it. I guess all the acid, none of the sweetness, or right. It's not. It has a lot of the acidity from the pineapple. It it lacks a little bit of the you know the juiciness. Mm-hmm. That comes through when you and when you have a pineapple, just kind of you know explodes into this juice that has a lot of sweetness and um, almost a bit of uh, uh, well, maybe maybe I was thinking a little earthy undertone, but probably not. More no, there's a little bit like, of pith uh, associated with it, but yeah, I'm thinking like uh, like I had a fresh pineapple just the other day. It was on a salad bar, and it was different from this. But I think if it got a little overripe, it'd be a little bit softer, a little more mushy or juicy mm-hmm. then I think overripe pineapple without any kind of syrup or anything like you know when you buy a jar of pineapples it's in a sugary syrup or whatever but just fresh pineapple a little overripe I think it would taste like that probably it's a good beer don't get us wrong it's just no it's 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 good we, I think we're just trying to nail how this flavor is different yeah. from pineapple I just wanted to focus on that for a minute I'm, very- getting, I'm getting a little bit of um Oh, that was neat. It's a dry beer. You know, not much maltiness to it. But in the middle of the aftertaste, I got this little little bump of this malty sweetness and orange. So something like, some like Cascade-like orange came in there and played just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you say there's not much maltiness to this. I kind of disagree. I think that there's actually a lot of maltiness to this. And Well, it's, it's off balance from the hops. Right. It's the the, like the pineapple is, is way overpowering, but there is a significant amount of maltiness in, in this mm-hmm. that, that um, really comes through as so the pineapple fades yeah. away. And like uh, Jeff says, it kind of turns into sort of an orange and uh, just that, that mixture of the malt and, and the pineapple as it, as it goes away turns into sort of an orange taste and kind of flares out on your tongue a bit. 
really very, very good balancing because mm-hmm. it's obviously they wanted to get the hop. I mean, it's a harvest sale. You want to get the hops out first, but there is a lot of malt to back it up. Yeah. So I, I didn't really express myself the best way. There's malt there. It's just off balance. The hops is way out in front mm-hmm. on this one. The, uh, the aroma is a little bit different now. I just took a whiff. I just hit the glass on my tooth. Ow. <laughs> you didn't break the glass, did you? No, I didn't break Good. my tooth either, thankfully. You know, these flared edges, they, they play with your mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we got an email here from Andy Stasi who wrote, I am interested in doing a week-long bike ride through Pennsylvania, stopping at inns and breweries every day. I was wondering if any listeners had suggestions for brew pubs and inns or bed and breakfast close to them. Don't really know of any bed and breakfasts around here. I mean, certainly no bunch of brew pubs. For, in the I Pittsburgh mean, he's area. doing a bike ride, not a car ride. So right. I would have to say you'd want to stay out near Philly. That's where it's a lot closer together. Um, go back and listen to. If you want my opinions, go back and listen to the, um, the podcast oh, that was in early November when you know, talked about your talked about the little trip I took out there because. Probably a little bit far for a bike ride, but you might be able to look at some of the best of those places and, and get something that's close together. Uh, beermapping.com, I would highly suggest, would be a place where you could actually figure out the mileage. You could combine beermapping.com with another Google Map mashup that does uh, distance measurements, mm-hmm. and then you could figure out exactly how far things would take, how long it would take you to get there. Uh, once you get you know out past. The Philly suburbs, they're a little more spread out. They're still fairly dense to Harrisburg, but too far for a bike ride, I think. And then from Harrisburg to Pittsburgh, there's... Well, Harrisburg to Greensburg, there's one. And then Greensburg to Pittsburgh, there's only three. So it's 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 a lot more sparse on this side of the state. Well, Greensburg, there's what? Red Star? And Red Star. And then Monroeville. It's a long bike ride. Right. You know, two in Monroeville. <laughs> and then you got to drive down, you know, ride downtown. And you get to Pittsburgh, and you have uh, Penn Brewery and Church Brew Works, and you have a couple John Harvards, Hereford and Hops. There's all this other, all these brew pubs. Yeah. Here. So uh, any Pennsylvania listeners who want to give feedback, and um, he said to send me email to forward on, but I'd prefer if you use the message board, and then we'll have Andy watch the message board. So you know we got a bunch of Philly listeners who might be able to help him come up with a, a good uh, itinerary for his bike trip. Did you, see, did you notice any news? I really hadn't looked and seen any yeah, I, craft beer well, news lately. I figured we'd do emails this week and then news next week. But yeah, I didn't see anything too pressing. Um, Beer's good. Yeah. Um, Bud Light wasted a bunch of money on the Super Bowl. Right. I didn't see uh, uh, any Sam Adams or any other craft beer. No, I think Budweiser gets an exclusive ah. Super Bowl thing. Because I don't think there's any Coors or Miller either. I think that's right. So, Brewdo from Three Floyds Brewing Company in Munster, Indiana. Delicious. Mm. Well, very good. I don't know if I'd want to go all the way to delicious, would you? No, but, you know, let me bring up something about mm-hmm. Budweiser and their advertisements. What's the deal with Clydesdales? I, mean, I get it, you know, the it's a traditional representation of them, but I just don't understand why it's, why people think that that's interesting. I like their funny ads. I just don't understand what the Clydesdales do. It's, it's history and tradition, and and I don't know. I can respect history and tradition. 
With Dalmatians giving Clydesdales high fives. Well, <laughs> that's a feel, that was a feel good commercial. Right, it's supposed to give you Mickey cry when Rocky made the team. But uh, so the, on the label here, it does say they use wet hops for this one. Wet hops for listeners who may not know is uh, during harvest time they pick the hops. Normally they're kilned and dried, so they last for the year. Um, but you know, crazy American craft brewers will take that and throw it right in the kettle before it's dried, and you'll get different flavors from the hops. Um, a more green flavor, which is a color, not a flavor, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, sometimes more grassy or um, more grainy. Uh, Occasionally, like we've been tasting here, either an under or over ripe flavor, which can come through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the pineapple on that thing is crazy. Very good. I got to be careful when I say delicious because well, I like it a lot and I would order many of these. This is be this is a very good drinker. Yeah, uh, it's very enticing. Gotta be careful when I say delicious. It's you can't not, throw it away. Can't throw yeah, it around like it's yeah. nothing. It certainly doesn't have the man candy aspect we've noticed in, for instance, Alpha King mm-hmm. from Three Floyd. All right, so our next beer, next Indiana beer. Mad Anthony's Old Fort Porter. This might be the one we don't have notes for. We do not have notes for this one. We decided to make it a five-beer show instead of a four-beer show. By the way, decap and catcher still works. Yep. Actually, we have a feedback about the decap and catcher. Why don't you find that while I'm pouring? Chris Steining says, I bought a decap and catcher based on you guys talking about it and then checking it out on the website. It's a cool little tool. I like having it on my fridge and everyone who sees it thinks it's pretty nifty. My wife hasn't pulled it off the fridge yet, so that's something. And he says, with shipping, it costs twenty-seven seventy, which is pretty expensive for a bottle opener attached to a chunk of wood and some magnets. But sub twenty bucks, including shipping, I think would be a better price. These things must be over seventy-five percent profit, probably. But remember, they're handmade. That should add something to it. And they're they're neat. They're they're cool looking. I agree. I don't want to, you know. Hurt hurt our well, relationship. I, I, we I want to give honest feedback right. here, and you know, I, I think it's good, but I also think it's probably a bit overpriced for a lot of our listeners to buy it. He says, "I hope you guys are getting something more than one free sample for all the pimping of this thing you are doing." Nope. Uh, we the, the only the only thing we're the only thing we're getting is a discount for our listeners. For our listeners, buy. yeah. We're, so basically, it's a service for you, and you know, it, it's still kind of on the expensive side, but. You know, I, I, I like it. Um, I'm not sure I'd buy another one, but I wish I had one for my fridge. And I'm not doing that just so the, the sponsor can send me another one, but right. Greg might want one. So maybe we could pimp, uh, hey, sponsor, <laughs> <laughs> decapping catcher guys, send Greg one. He also says he thinks a planer, he thinks a, that plain or a favorite brewery or craft beer radio logo would be more attractive. I don't know about a craft beer radio logo, but I do think that. This associated with breweries would be great. I think that it could really – you could ramp up production and you could also uh, distribute it more and have more people interested. Yeah, I think I said this from day one. You need to put a dogfish head logo on there, you know, something like that and and sell them to the, at the gift shops and whatnot. And that's where you go yeah. from here. So Mad Anthony's Porter is a certainly different color than the other beer we're having now because it's Porter black. colored, Yep. There are some brown highlights at the bottom. So this beer's a little on the old side, too, and I'm a bit concerned by the the, the aroma on this one. All these Brett beers, you just... You you kept them in... 
I haven't really played around with it. I feel real bad because these are all, all the ones so far have been, oh, well, not the Brudu, but the other ones have been sent in by Brett. And I had no intention on keeping these around for so long. And then I was reorganizing the other day. I'm like, oh my God, I still have those beers. Mm-hmm. I'm like, <laughs> so I feel really bad, Brett, for uh, letting these beers go way past their prime. Uh, but I don't know. What can you do? What you can't can go do? back in time and change things. So right. have to give it a shot. Well, the smell. There's a good bit of alcohol smell in here. I'm getting a slight hint of sewer drain. Yeah, there, there's some... Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily sewer drain. Dirty socks? Wet socks? Wet socks. Yeah. Not uh, not the most appetizing aroma in the world. There's some sourness in there, too. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting... Never had a soured porter before. It's pretty intense, too. It's interesting, because I think there's a beer under there that I like. But... Mm-hmm. It's hard to get past that aroma and the the, the sourness that it's imparting. But I think there's a nice roastiness there. and The roastiness plays really weird with the sour. Yeah. It's, it's really strange. Ooh, it, it just smells bad. It smells ugh, almost garbagey. I don't think I'm going to be able to drink this whole bottle. I mean, no, I don't think so I mean, either. We could drink it, but there's just nothing in it for us or for the listener. I think this is probably a good beer, fresh. I really do. So I don't want to. Oh, man, I feel so bad. You know, we get these listeners who send us these beers. Yeah, I know. They buy the beers, they pay to ship them, and then you know we screw up and can't get them into rotation soon enough. Uh, I'm sorry, Brett. I, for all our listeners who have sent us beer, I'll definitely attempt to try to get beers drank in a more timely manner. I just it's also it's so bad because I don't want to drink these beers that were sent in without Greg here. But we can only get through so many beers and things get put on the shelf and stay on the shelf. Right. And, you know, maybe I should you know if I don't know, we have to figure out how many beers we can drink in the next like couple months and then maybe we'll just divvy up the rest and get them drunk or something like that. Maybe, maybe or maybe we can do like a a, a multi show at some point. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be doing the barley wine shows. You know, um we hope we do a barley wine show, but then like reality hit me just the other day. I'm like, if I don't do it in the next week or two, odds <laughs> are not good that it's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, I came in thinking, you know, I was saying, Jeff, we should probably do a barley well, wine show, but you and me show, I think we'll still be able to pull off. But my idea for the barley wine show is to get several other people here. Oh, like have more of a, a party sharing thing, and somehow record it to make it into a good show. You know, I'm not sure exactly how we're going to work it out, but like I was thinking, like having like. Five or six other people here. Let me get the should I drink that guys in here. And, uh... Well, they'd finish all the beer, sure. Yeah. They don't pour anything out. Um, and I was thinking about getting like six people or so. And not do this format of a show, but more of a recording reviews. Or I don't know exactly how it was going to work out. But I just wanted to kind of do a little clearing of like maybe we, we 20 could different do, barley wines. We could have done like a, uh, a taste test show where we don't know what the beers are. And... We rank them. That's possible. Okay, so this next one is... Also Bar- from Brett. <laughs> yes, from Brett. Barley Island. Oh, I get it. You said all these Brett beers. You mean from Brett, our listener. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Britannomyces no. in the beer. <laughs> no, I was saying Brett beers because they sent from Brett. Uh, Barley Island Brass Knuckles, which is an oatmeal stout. Hmm. From the Barley Island Brewing Company in Noblesville, Indiana. 4.9% alcohol by volume. 
There's a bit of um, Band-Aid coming from that. Man, Brett's never going to send us another beer for the rest of my life. I'm getting all... My aroma is roasty and full. I didn't get anything that was really off in the aroma. It did pour with an abnormally large head, though, which is sometimes scary with an older beer. Very thick head. Shaving cream thick, almost. Yeah. It's obviously a very dark beer again, oatmeal stout. This is this hardly has any highlights at all at the bottom of it. <clears throat> the um Now, you know, now it's coming through more instead of bandit we're getting more like sassafras or, or um, Okay. Uh yeah, you know, that kind of root beer aroma. See I'm getting just regular oatmeal stout, which is roasty stout with some of that starchy oatmeal type flavor you know i mean that aroma that's all i'm getting the um little little side of oatmeal stouts uh you know we have the uh happy hours at work where we have beer like you used to have at free markets and um last month we only have it once a month so last month uh we had some samuel smith's oatmeal stout there and i hadn't tried in a while so i figured I'd give it a try it was going fast everyone loved the sammy smith it was so good mm. it was really really good we had it again this month, and I tried one. Actually, we had a guy in from India, and they don't have anything but pale yellow beer in India. Right. So I'm like, what should I try them? And it's a very good beer. It's not that obtrusive. So I'm like, I'll pour them in oatmeal style. So I had a little bit of his in one month um, at room temperature in a dark place. It had changed from different, you know, a lot. And it wasn't this, like, holy cow beer anymore. It was like, ah, it's kind of off. So that was disappointing. So the Samuel Smiths didn't last an extra month. Interesting. I'm not sure. They don't really tell you how old that beer is in the on their labels. I think that when I was saying Band-Aid at first, I think I was mistaken just because I, I was hit by this sassafras smell that I, did, that I wasn't expecting. Okay. But I'm still detecting that a lot of this root beer aroma. Having there's something in the flavor. I'm not sure if it's intended or if it's a little bit of souring. Can you tell? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's kind of a sharpness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it might be a little bit of souring, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I really don't think it's intended because that's too bad. Our Indiana show is turning into our sour beer show. <laughs> <laughs> Here's how beers can go bad for all from the great state of Indiana. It doesn't really go along with the rest of the flavors in the beer. Man, this sucks. Yeah, the more I drink it, the more potent the sourness is getting. The interesting thing is, in the, in the pre-show, we had the barley, the barley island uh, brown ale, brown ale, which actually benefited from the oxidation. Well, oxidation and sourness is too. It didn't things. have sourness. It had oxidation, mm-hmm. and it really benefited from it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting that it, that it worked out this way. This probably could have benefited from some oxidation instead it got sour. So I guess we could – let's turn this into a positive thing. Let's make this a lesson to our listeners. Right. That uh, you, craft beer should be drunk fresh in most cases. And Well, uh, you think you figure an uh, oatmeal stout would, should be able to last. A year? It's, it's, a, it's a really on the long side. Yeah, for that's you, true. For a lot of these beers. Next beer we're doing is a barley wine, so hopefully that one stood up well over the past year. 
it's been in the cellar with most my, with all my other barley wines and everything else. Um, I, I really am, you know, kind of ashamed of myself for you know ruining all these potentially great beers or good beers. Again, throwing away, throwing around those compliments too easily. <laughs> these, uh, you know, these potentially good beers, and uh, yeah, sour porters and sour stouts are kind of weird. It's it, it's hard to get past. I don't, you know, I don't think it's undrinkable. I do think that it's off, mm-hmm. and I think that you know any brewer who would, you know, the brewer of Barlana would taste this and say, yeah, this is off. You guys, let me give you a different one. Mm-hmm. So we really do want to apologize both the bread. There's and a these lot brewers. of roast. There's a lot of roast still in the Barlana, but. Um, you know, I don't really I, taste, and I think it's because the age, I don't really taste that kind of oatmeal, which gives you sort of yeah. a, a, almost slimy taste to it. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's really hard. Like, um, when we interviewed Dan Shelton, he says he likes to do beer archaeology, where you drink a beer that's not as good as it used to be, but you can figure out where it was at one point. Mm-hmm. This one's hard to tell where the finish originally ended up, whether it was dry, roasty, you know, it's like... It's hard. To, it's like a missing link that you really can't figure out where it used to be. It's weird because with oatmeal stouts, I don't tend to think dry, but okay. it tastes like it kind of ends dry. Mm-hmm. So I don't know whether that's how it evolved or just interesting. Because yeah, I don't really taste a lot of oatmeal in here. Mm-hmm. Darren Collins writes at the bar slash fraternal club in my town in central Ohio. We've gotten in kegs of Miller Lite with stickers of them saying Coors Brewing Company and kegs of Killian's with a label around the top of the coupler saying Miller Brewing. I guess the North American partnership has begun. This goes back to the story where they're joining brewing operations for improved efficiency. And um, he kind of want, he said, here's a macro muck getting muckier. I don't see it as a macro it's muck. It's not macro muck, it's just there it's it is. Slight bit of beer news. And maybe if I was in the news, I don't care about the department, but <laughs> I decided to put it in there to share with other people. Paul from Cambridge, Wisconsin writes in, I live in Wisconsin within two hours of New Glarus Brewery. You lucky dog. My wife and I are big fans of their highly weighted raspberry tart beer. I was hoping you could help us solve a mystery that some of my friends and I have begun trying to solve concerning this beer. This beer, and actually other beers of this style, are very sweet. I know yeast is metabolized simple sugars. So how does New Glarus make this beer so sweet? Do they add sugar or fruit after fermentation? Has it after fermentation has ended? After filtering out the yeast? Is it packed full of non-fermentables? Although I think fruit contains a majority of fermentable sugars. Is my tongue deceiving me? Thanks for the help. Well, great because we haven't helped you yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great question. Um, those beers are going to have that tartness to it, you know, for the, um, they put, you know, raspberry tart. I'm not exactly sure. It's not spontaneously fermented, but it's probably, it's barrel aged. So there's some Brett in there. He, um, Brettanomyces. Yeah, not, not Brett, our listener. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he'd probably love to be in one of those barrels. Um, I think that you just make a multi-year beer. It has less, some more unfermentable sugars in it than you know uh, less malty beer the the fruit juice probably gives you some sweetness i don't have a great answer uh i've only had raspberry tart twice if a listener would like to send me some raspberry tart uh, i will evaluate it and <laughs> and give you a better answer but um i don't know do you have any feedback on sweet well tart belgian beers, beers get sweeter because they add candy sugar 
dextrose. Typically ferments out. Though. Typically ferments out, but they still do have some sweetness associated with them. I mean, some sweetness remains. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, the yeast can't get everything. Uh, sometimes just the maltiness contributes a bit to the sweetness. You know, like I said, the yeast just can't get everything, and sometimes extra sweetness comes mm-hmm. through based on the recipe. I would doubt that they kind of adjunct and add sugar to it at the end. Yeah, I, I think it's fermented the way you'd expect to be fermented. I think you don't underestimate the sweetness that the raspberries will give to the beer, especially that quantity of raspberries. And it could be that maybe the bread kind of competes with the other yeast and there's some extra sugars that are left unfermented. So our last beer is the Seven Mules Kick-Ass Ale from... Wow. Mishawaka Brewing Company in Mishawaka, Indiana. I hope I got that right. This is, again, a barley wine, Holy 10%. Crap. That barley wine. That's a very clear barley wine. It, it, it's uh, yellowish-orange. It's it's the, by far the lightest barley wine that I think I've ever seen. 10% alcohol by volume. Now, it has an interesting label on it because there's a little kind of warning on the side. It looks like one of those laser warnings, but it actually look it's the the back of a donkey with uh, the foot has a little like red explosion around it, and it says "caution, we will kick your ass." <laughs> nice. That's an yeah. It has an exclamation point on uh, the triangle exclamation point. Attention, Akong. <laughs> this is again another Brett beer from Brett. Hopefully no Britannomyces in it. Barley wine should stay pretty good over time. They're kind of designed Ooh, that way. Yeah. It smells nothing glaring in the aroma. Yeah. And the aromas... <sighs> Graham cracker, I think, is what the first word I want to say. Yeah, it's, it's you know, sweet and sugary. Mm-hmm. It's, uh... Oh, that's, that's yummy, the aroma. Very appealing. A little bit of alcohol in it. Color really throws you off. Though. <laughs> it does. I mean, it looks like a pale ale. If this was passed to you without you know without you smelling it, I'd or, be like, "Oh, it's Sierra Nevada," <laughs> or something like that. Doesn't have quite enough, quite enough bubbles in there for Sierra Nevada. It's, uh, this is actually one that I could like. I want to smell over and over again. It just has a good aroma to it. I'm detecting uh, a bit of fusel alcohol here, a little bit of. Uh, oh, hmm. you know, it, it's it's not quite right. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a definitely a strange flavor. Light bodied, as the color might lead you to expect. It's fine at the beginning, and then this sweetness comes back a little bit. You know what I think it is? I think it's there's, there's a, a whole lot of fusel alcohol here combining with a, a hefty bit of bitterness from hops, which you don't expect in the barley wine. And it's contributing to this flavor that is... I really don't know whether I like... I don't think I like it very much. And like I said, you know, the, the, the first thing I got was almost like rotten. Okay. So, well, I do think you're right. It's It's this weird bitterness at the end. I'm not getting the fusel alcohol. I'm not getting that really hot, high, zinging alcohol flavor in this one. Interesting. Is that, I'm definitely getting it. Fusel alcohols is a different compound of alcohol that is typically for, produced when, if you ferment yeast too warm, they'll put out fusel alcohols. Uh, there's some other cases where it can happen too. I think if 
No, if they're overworked, it doesn't do fusels. I think it's just temperature mostly. It's really bitter. You might get something similar to fusel alcohols if you ferment out um, corn sugar or something like that, too. When you get that really thin zingy alcohol, that's kind of similar to fusels. I doubt they use that in here. Um, well, to get this color at no, 10%, that's it true. might be an adjunct. Um, I really don't think that bitterness goes well in a barley wine. Because you, you, when you want a barley wine, you expect something malty, something sweet and full and... It's just kind of it's off-putting that the way that barley, the way that uh, that hoppiness is jarring. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to the aroma. That was a good part. The aroma was very nice. So now I'm feeling like a real jerk. I guess I put together you know our first state show that right. was in Pennsylvania, and had beers that were older than I realized when I put the show together, <laughs> and we just had problem after problem. How much time do you got tonight? I got some time. We could always do, um, but I don't. I can't. I can't redeem Indiana's good name. I think we just no. drank all the Indiana beers that I had. Actually, I do have another three Floyds. But that's just you know, glorifying three Floyds as opposed to Indiana. We only had one other Indiana beer, and it was uh, Robert the Bruce from Three Floyds or Scottish Yale. And we didn't want to pile on saying, yeah, Three Floyds is one and two and the rest weren't as good. Right. So we we're just going to jump ship and, and go for a beer from um, Chico, California. This is uh, not Sierra Nevada. This is a Butte Creek Brewing Company, Fresh Hop Organic. So this will be a second Fresh Hop Ale tonight. Sustainable Harvest India Pale Ale, an organic pale ale brewed with freshly harvested wet hops by Butte Creek Brewing Company. Chico, California, certified organic by CCOF. 6.6% alcohol by volume. 22-ounce bomber. And there's what I like to see, a nice tan IPA. Yeah, it's it's on the dark side of the range for colors. What would you say, about a... uh, a 14 on that number list? Actually, you read my mind. I was just going to pull this puppy up. Yep, it's a 14 on the SRM list. Yep. Getting a fair amount of um, uh, caramelized malt, like sugary, uh, like crystal malt, or um, almost like a chocolate malt aroma in there. Chocolate malt, really? I'm definitely getting a sweetness there. Don't really detect any chocolate. It, it's very subtle. It's beyond your limits of perception. You know, it's, I can't always have Jeff's very tuned senses. So, yeah, right. So compared to the uh, Brudu, this one is much less overtly hoppy. Right. That's interesting. The the hoppiness, you know, because the Brudu was pineapple, pineapple, pineapple. Mm-hmm. This is. There's a little bit of citrus in there. There's citrus. I'm trying to... Maybe kiwi. Um, Ooh. You may have something there, sir. Yeah, it's this little bit of fruitiness. It, it's it's almost masked by the maltiness. And this beer is colder right now. We just pulled it out of the fridge. Um, I'm going to try to warm this puppy up because I think the coldness is kind yeah, of I, I hiding agree. some cup flavors in there. 
But there's yeah a, a sweetness with that citrusiness, and that's why I kind of said kiwi kind of has that that mixture. It's not as slimy as kiwi. No, that's a gross fruit to peel. It's a gross fruit to peel. It's one of those fruits that you're afraid of until you taste it. And you're like, wow, this is good. Yeah. Until you like taste it, like touch the skin, and like, like if you don't peel it right, and you get some of that hairy yeah. skin, and you eat that, that's like, Ey. don't be afraid of kiwi because I know it looks gross. You know, there's not many foods out there that are green that are good. That mm-hmm. people, you know, there's just green is not a color associated with anything except for vegetables, really. Mm, avocado. Yeah, avocado is a great fruit. Uh, kiwi is a great fruit. Um, cucumbers are great fruit. It is <laughs> fruit, fr- you say? It is a fruit. Beak Creek Brewing Company, Fresh Hop Organic Sustainable Harvest India Pale Ale. That's getting a little preachy on the label, isn't it? Well, you know, that's kind of their whole selling point. So I wouldn't. I'm not surprised. We should probably start ranking because this is again a very hard show to rank. Yeah, the uh, let's recap the this fruit cake. It's um, tastes fine. It's again, it's, it's a little on the bitter side. It's not immensely describable though. It's it, you know, it's got a nice malt backbone. It's got, like we said, sort of a a, a kiwi sweet slash sour mm-hmm. flavor in terms of of the the hoppiness. It's not sour like it has bread in it, like some of these other beers, um, which Brett gave us. So we got eight beers here on the table. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that you know, I'll go first. I think that my number one beer was Brudu, obviously the uh, Three Floyds. I really I enjoyed the pineapple. I think it had a really good, nice malty. It didn't have, it wasn't quite man candy. That's okay. Uh, very good beer, really enjoyable. I think my number two is going to be the Dirty Helen. I really did enjoy that brown ale we had in the pre-show. Uh, I think that some of the age actually helped it. So mm-hmm. I really did enjoy that. Number three, Boot Creek, Fresh Hop Organic. There's just something about it that's that's not quite as good as the other two. After that, things get kind of muddy. I really do think the Mad Anthony's Porter would have been great. Yeah, um, I, think had, the, I think the Milk Stout would have been really good too. Yeah, the Brass the, Knuckles uh, as well. The, those are those two. That, that's 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 you know, the next. Mule Kick, that barley wine. I'm not sure how that would have been. Yeah, that I'm not too sure about either. Probably after that, the Upland. Pale, so after Brass Knuckles, up on Pale Ale, then the Maybach that we didn't even talk about on the, on the pre-show, and then uh, the Barley Wine. I, 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 um, I will agree with you, except I'm going to put the uh, Butte Creek in front of the, the Dirty Helen from Barley Creek. But yeah, once it gets past those first couple, it just gets muddy because, and I, like I said, I, <laughs> it, I shouldn't feel bad. I don't know why I do, but I take this so personally. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm sorry for everyone in Indiana who likes these breweries like Matt Anthony and Upland and Barley Island and um And Brett, we understand if you're mad, but if you do want to send us more beer, we'll try to drink it as quickly as possible. Mishawaka. Misha Mishawaka Brewing Company. Um Sorry. Um yeah. I mean I was thinking we could use this to kick off like maybe a fifty two or a fifty week series of state Specific beers. I'm no, just kidding, but um, you know, maybe it's an idea we explore some more where we do all beers from a certain state. I like that idea. Try to visit all. Although it's, I mean, it's easy to do with something like California, Oregon, but it gets hard to do with something like Utah, right? Rhode Island. Yeah. So, uh, if people like the idea, you know, to get a good portfolio of some of these states, we're going to need some help. 
and uh, we can certainly redo Indiana <laughs> if uh, if the uh, need is there. Absolutely. So everyone, hope you enjoyed the show. Hopefully, uh, the quality of the conversation superseded the quality of the beers. <laughs> Elevated the show past the quality of the beers. It, it's past its point. Well, thank you for listening, and join us next time as we endeavor to find another magical blend of barley hops and delicious alcohol. Cut. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com and feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was Out of Towners from the band St. Dragon and was found on the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Sunny